So it's been like, it's been a good week for me. I've had a lot of fun, uh, like really, really unpacking in my apartment. We've been decorating the walls. As you can see behind me, Justin, I've got every figure I've ever owned, all my anime figures and my other such, such guys all set up. And, um, I've been leaning a lot into one of my other big hobbies outside of gaming, which is music. And Justin, you're not a musician, but you have other hobbies. Yes. And something that I've come to learn about not just music, but all hobbies is that they are insanely expensive for no reason. <laughs> if you want to be able to do stuff and like enjoy life and do things like in your own time separately for you, just for you, it's like, get ready to spend all this money for literally no reason. I, I ordered a bunch of stuff to get all my guitar gear, like working properly. Um, like, like, Vel like, like, like not fun stuff. I'm talking like Velcro yeah. stuff like that. And it's just like, I, like, I just watched all this money just like be siphoned away from my bank account for no reason. And it's like, it's not like I have some cool new guitar or some cool new thing. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, well, to maintain the status quo, I had to spend X amount of dollars and now I'm, I just don't have that money anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? Is this a universal thing? Oh, I think so. I think everything that is fun costs money for some reason. And I think one of the reasons I was so ready for, um, the pandemic and like going to digital everything was that th just through through time I was collecting all of this like digital tech stuff like from microphones to audio boards oh, sure, to like sure. everything to like little cameras and stuff so then I'm like oh I finally get to use all this stuff I never actually like used too much <laughs> um but by the time I used it everything was like eight years old so like slowly but surely I was like uh up upgrading it but yeah it's so expensive to to like things uh, look, and to get into anything, it's so expensive. You know yeah. what I mean? You gotta get like the right equipment. Like no matter what it is, you're trying to get into baking. Oh, I I hope you have, I don't know, a pastry brush, <laughs> right? Like I hope you have. Uh, what do you need for baking? Like a good whisk? Well, even like good like like utensils. And then right, if, yeah. if you're really gonna get into to like like baking and cooking in general, then you gotta spend more money on the food you get because one of the things that uh, makes food taste better the ingredients. Yeah. You know, if you're just going then, there looking at whatever is not as moldy as it could be at the at your store, you're not doing it right. You got to find like the right produce. Like what what is like the the good vegetables at the store that week, and then how are you going to make that into food? It costs money, man. I'm proposing something, Justin. Here, okay. I'm proposing something. Everything should be free. Yeah, that's communism, isn't it? Uh, no. My thing is just everything is free for everyone. It doesn't matter. Well, I mean, and I'm, I think it's a good idea if you're quick enough and slippery I, I enough. Anything. I guess that's true. If if you are completely covered in Vaseline, <laughs> what, what are they? They're going to try and stop you from Probably. walking out of the guitar center with. Well, I guess it's kind of hard to carry stuff if you're completely covered in Vaseline, huh? Uh, yeah, all, yeah, but like all Vaseline, could, but like nice gloves. No, like you could still like be grippy covered gloves. in Vaseline. You just have to put the stuff you're taking in a large bag that's also covered with Vaseline. Uh, yeah, right. So they can't even pick it up. Yeah, it's like a pouch yeah. almost. Like you're like a giant slippery kangaroo. <laughs> Which, by the way, apparently, apparently in the kangaroo pouch is very wet, to my understanding. So that's uh, unrelated. I saw a guy get bit by a crocodile this week. 
Not like in, in real, real life. life? In video. No, oh, no, no, no. Okay, I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, where have you been? <laughs> uh, no, this is a video from South Africa. Um, this guy who owns a zoo or who's like a crocodile guy at the zoo is like standing in the pen with them. And like, I'll say this, he stupidly sits on top of a giant crocodile and then it turns around as he's getting up and just gets him in the leg. Yeah. Um, and it, like everyone is watching and just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. And, like it's not it wasn't a grisly scene. He was he's fine. Um, I don't remember. How do we come out? Kangaroo. Oh, gotcha. Kangaroo pouch. You know, the, uh, speaking of is alligator or crocodile, what's the difference again? It's a crocodile. What's the difference? Uh, yeah. A lot of things, but it was a crocodile. What, uh, what, what is the difference? I need to know now. So I guess it's like saying, like, what is the difference between like a wolf and a dog, like a domestic dog? They're just uh, they're like similar, but different. You there's know what a mean? difference. Yeah, man, I don't know how to break it to you, but your little dog, Archie, who can sit in your lap is really not. He's <laughs> not a wolf. Are you sure? <laughs> no. Yeah, I, th- I don't think he's like, I don't think he'd be good if you just dropped him in the tundra, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I assume that's where wolves lived. Um, but isn't it? Okay. If I'm correct, crocodiles, yeah. right? Yeah. They, when they bite down, it's like hard, but like what they do is then they'll spin to break whatever they've bit down yeah on. yeah so so they it's called the death roll that crocodiles yeah. do i watched yeah. a lot of crocodile hunter as a kid um and also went to australia and they were like do not go in the water uh in certain parts yeah um so basically what they do is they'll they'll grab you and they they've got quite strong jaws and then they will do they'll just somersault around uh, just spinning around so basically what it does is first of all it breaks all the bones on the thing and then it also tears off pieces and then also uh they're going to be doing that when they're in the water mm, so when they mm. got a good grip on you and you're doing that you are being drowned because you can't you can't get up you can't get a feel for it and all your bones are being broken and stuff like mm, that mm. uh well uh jokes on you i took gillyweed before so i can breathe underwater yeah take that big crocodile magical crocodile uh so this is a spoiler for later in the show my my roommate and i played uh, a video game where you get attacked by giant crocodiles and it was very scary because they kill you in one hit it's hitbox Welcome back to Hitbox episode number 111. Yeah, that's right. 111. Wow. This is fun. The age that young Bilbo Baggins was when he said uh, that he was going to, he was hosting his 111th, what, how, it's cute the way they say it, right? 111th yeah, birthday. That Like, wow. So which one of us Long, is going to disappear? Old age for a hobbit. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I remember when he said it, when he was, like, having a birthday party, I was like, fucking Bilbo's still kicking around? Like, 111, <laughs> like, that's old, man. I remember being a child watching those movies, being like, isn't that a little old for Hobbit? And then Gandalf was like, isn't that a little old for Hobbit? Um, he's, ha- he's had a, a a strangely long life, right? I and, mean, um, how old was he in The Hobbit? Was he in, like, his 50s? Uh, maybe Frodo is like in his fifties when he's going and doing his whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and I don't out. like that. I like, I like the way in the movies, how he's like a young guy. It's just, it's well, I mean, maybe that's just how they just develop slower. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. It's just like, what is age <laughs> in yeah. fantasy worlds and stuff yeah. like that. But, um, 111 old for a hobbit and 111 
It's a lot of fucking podcast episodes, y'all. <laughs> We've done it. With my name is Peter Hansbitteg, and always joining me is my good, wonderful friend Justin Makovich. How are you, man? You had a long week at work, I hear. I had a very long me. week. So I, I liked I, I direct theater productions and mm-hmm. we had our tech week and if any of the listeners know anything about a tech week for a show there's just a lot that happens during tech week uh, a lot yeah. of you know things you're not expecting to go wrong that go wrong uh, you know paint being spilt things not being Ooh. done set pieces breaking you know like the fun stuff yeah yeah um, but I think there's a lot of fun power that has to go into being a theater director because you have to make like a prop list right and like whatever's on that prop list will usually get made unless it's like something ridiculous. But like even then, like you have the power to create any weird items you want. So this this year uh, we had a, f- a couple fun items created by our props department. Um, first of all, uh, giant AirPods that were literally like an, a foot and a half. That's awesome. That's kind of fun. Giant AirPods. We made a Windows 98 computer out of a box. Um, we made a giant rock out of paper mache that had Dwayne the Rock Johnson's face on it. I love uh, that. You know, really, it's uh, it's what your creativity can ask for is what the props department can come up with. And I only imagine, like, if I ever had, like, a Hollywood budget, um, I, I just think I would, like, design something that just had weird prop and set pieces and see what they would make. Dude, not on our list here, and we have a lot to talk about today. So, uh, but but I watched The Matrix um, with Elena this week. The first time uh, you've seen The Matrix, not for right? you, not for you. No, I've seen The Matrix many times. Uh, was that Elena's first her, time? It was it? her first time. Okay, okay. Yeah. Did she know anything about it? She knew nothing about it. Nice. That is like that's a moment. I, and, and I was like, I think you're gonna like this. Like, our, she, you know, we don't always align in terms of like things that we like die hard love. Um, but I was like, I think you're going to like this. And so like 30 minutes in, cause I, I didn't want to make sure make her watch a whole movie that she's not into. Um, cause I know the matrix can also be a lot. Right. So I like, I turned to her. I'm like, like, how are we? F-? She's like, I love this. Um, that movie, the sets in that movie are just awesome. They oh just like, they're like, I don't know. Fucking wires. I don't care. Just everywhere. Um, yeah, I, um, I, like speaking of green things, I would think that if I was the Green Lantern, that would also mm. be really fun for me. Just what just you to make create, whatever you want, whatever you want with it. Um, I, I mean, can you imagine like getting and being in a serious fight with someone and like a giant Elmo comes out of my ring and just starts like, <laughs> dude, that's going why like hug? that's why I was always disappointed with uh, not to, to talk too much about like Harry Potter and stuff right now. But like I was always disappointed with those movies in the way that like the fight scenes were just nothing. There was like, it was just like, it was just guns essentially. Right. As they're just like shooting at each other from behind cover. Whereas like, I feel like, I don't know, like do magic, (laughs) right? Like make something really big and have it fall on them or whatever. I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. When, when, when we, uh, Claire and I went to see cursed child, um, in New York Mm -hmm. this summer, what they would do is like for their big fight scene, they would always use the incendio cur- uh, the spell, which was fire. The flame one, yeah. I cool. guess is pretty cool when you're like in a theater and they're like literally shooting like streams of fire at each other. But I'm yeah. like, this doesn't seem to be a practical spell to use right now in this particular situation. Like, is this the what you're going to be using? I just like why? <laughs> like, there's so many magic is everywhere. Use whatever. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna light you on fire now. What? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's they all anyway. wearing robes, so it must be super effective. I guess so. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're all grass type, we know. Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, let's uh, we're we're a video game show though, so we're we're gonna talk about some video games. Uh, coming up in the news, GTA Six leaks result in an, in the arrest of a 17 year old. EA Motive announces an Iron Man game, and a gamer investigation is being helmed by the Department of Homeland Security here in the good old U.S. of A. We're gonna talk about all that and more. Before we do, I want to remind you, you can join us on Discord. Link to that is in the description of this episode. It's also on our Twitter. It's basically everywhere. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. That's at HitboxPod. You can f- uh, support us on Patreon if you feel so inclined. We got a $1 tier. Uh, we got a $3 tier. Deluxe podcast producers. They get um, an additional 30-minute bonus episode every single week. Deluxe podcast producers are Dave Parker, Jay Knoll, and maybe you next week we'll read your name in the show we'll do it uh because we are funded by them and also our own wallets because some because similar to music and video games uh podcasting the hobby also costs money i bought myself a new ring light you guys don't even know i know it's way better than the other one but yes just a quick like add to expenses i am shocked that a program like obs is free uh, it's insanity, right? It is insane that that is free. And like, you know, I we obviously like I use a lot of like the Adobe Creative Cloud stuff, like as I'm sure you do. And like yeah. that, however, is is definitively not, not free. free. <laughs> Mega not free. And the fact that they charge so much on it and it just crashes on me all the time. Yeah, is every other time. Every other time. Yes. Um, but we're not gonna hear to we're not here to uh, simply complain about the Adobe Creative Cloud. Uh, although we certainly could make our own podcast entirely devoted to that. Um, no, uh, we're gonna talk about video games. You want to see what happened this weekend, Metacritic, Justin? Let's do it. Metacritic Roundup. I introduced that weird. You're We're gonna look great. at the Metacritic score for games that came out <laughs> this week. Uh, just one big one uh, for us here at Hitbox. Return to Monkey Island. It's on the Switch. It's on PC. It scored an 84 on the Switch and on PC in 88. This is by all means a very good game that I know you've been playing and I've been playing as well. I have been playing it, um, and I, I I figured that like it would be hard to have a bad Monkey Island game. Um, knowing like what i know about this series and i'm a huge monkey island fan i think i played every monkey island game from the original uh to the uh uh telltale version of the game which wasn't its strongest entry um there's a telltale version of yeah it? there's a telltale a telltale uh it's like a something telltale monkey is it, island. is it like the other games um no it's it's like still a puzzle game um uh i think it's is it tales of the monkey island yeah tales of monkey island yeah and there's still like puzzle solving stuff in it um and it it had a 3d art style that was arguably not the best art style out of all of the monkey island (laughs) games out there um uh this this looks like a christian like animated movie. I thought you were say a christian (laughs) version of hamilton (laughs) (laughs) do you know what i mean like yeah like it's it's like aping off of um veggie tales yeah <laughs> you know yeah this absolutely. guy's like a pirate finding jesus um 
but um wow yeah I, go on sorry i'm a huge fan i mean I, I played i think it's curse of monkey island which was like an animated one uh that looked like a cartoon uh, that was like i think the first monkey island i played uh then there was like a return to monkey not return what, what's what's this one called is this return to monkey island this is return to monkey island monkey island game list um is it Escape from Monkey? Or yeah, so Curse of Monkey Island was the one that was the cartoon one. Escape from Monkey Island was another three D looking one uh, that was uh, another one I put so much time in. Um, and this is like back in, in the time when they had like the video game helplines that you called for like a hundred dollars a minute. Uh, and like these were games that like uh i I would play like my sister and i would kind of like play and like go back and forth just trying to solve them um but they were like really like formative games for me uh in terms of like me developing not i wouldn't even say my sense of humor though i think this game does pretty much get my sense of humor (laughs) um did you know that (laughs) you could play as guybrush threepwood in star wars the force unleashed 2 He's an unlockable skin named Guybrush Guy Killer. That's pretty hilarious. Not going to lie. <laughs> That's so I love weird. that so much. Um, there's also, uh, he was one of the, apparently, one of the pirates that founded the city you go to at the end of Uncharted 4. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they've got, like, I'm sorry, I'm just, like, on this Wikipedia page. Oh, no, you're uh, good. And, and so, like, yeah, he's... Uh, one of the pirates that founded what is it called libertalia um has some major physical similarities to him anyway that's awesome but i mean uh i love guybrush threepwood uh always one of my favorite characters in video games and i and so far in playing uh return to monkey island just being able to to get back in with guybrush and his antics has been a ton of fun um so peter You've been playing this game too. What are your thoughts on Monkey Island? What's your what are your what's your history with the Monkey Island series? So I played, I think Monkey Island Two: The Chuck's Revenge, the, the Chuck. remastered one. Is that is that the remastered one or is that one uh, special? Uh, the Chuck's Revenge Special Edition. Okay. On the Xbox 360, uh, because it was one of the free games of gold once, and um, I did not really know what it was other than I had heard of Monkey Island. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I played it, and it was very obtuse. And so I was following a guide for about 45 minutes, and then I was like, I'm not having fun because <laughs> i'm just yep. like doing exactly what it's telling me to do so i put it down never picked it up again i think now i would get a lot out of it uh because i am getting a lot out of return to monkey island Ooh. um this is like just such a charming game like i i really don't know how to um i i really don't know how to like express like how fun this game feels like it's just written so well and and like it is a it is a has a vibe to it that i i just really really like uh i think guybrush threepwood is a very fun character uh who has fun antics um i I think it's very hard for video games to be funny and i think this is a a genuinely very funny game uh like i'm not laughing out loud at like every 30 minutes but i am like appreciating the jokes you know what i'm saying exactly um or like uh, I am appreciating like, you know, puzzle solutions are often funny, you know, um, you got to find some messes uh, in chapter two. And so um, what you can do is feed some chickens, some chicken seed and then just leave the area and come back. And then it's like, oh, chicken poop. Like that's <laughs> one of the messes I got to report. Um, 
spoilers for chapter two. Sorry. Um, but I like it a lot. Yeah, I, I think um, the in general with um, this game, I think it captures uh, the the heart of the old Monkey Island games. And I think it's so ironic that people were complaining about this art style. What like, the hell, man? It's, it's awesome. Beautiful. And like if the I, I don't know, like what art style they wanted from this game. Like what, what was their expectation? What was like what right. did they actually want with it? Because it is like legitimately like a beautiful game to look at. It is like constantly like just fun to like look at the at the colors and the backgrounds and all the, the decorations that they have with it. It is like truly a gorgeous game. And let's, you know, take a second to go back to the original Monkey Island games. Those things were not pretty, you know, they were not like I wouldn't say they were art style forward games at all. Um, I mean, I thought they had a lot of interesting um, like they had a lot of interesting pixel art to them. You know what I mean? Like, I I thought they looked good. um, But like if you were to make this now, which they did, like, do you want the 3D stuff from that Telltale thing no like no this this is a this like wind waker i think has one of those timeless art styles that will look good no matter when yes. when you're playing it yes I, um, I i agree with that wholeheartedly it looks great on the switch too like i'm playing it on the switch and how about you um yeah playing on the switch yes on the runs, oled it, yeah me too uh, and it runs really well too yeah um, I have, i've had no problems with it i think uh i didn't i guess i should have tried this does it have touch controls Oh, see, there you go. You, like, play, the, you I, play the whole thing with touch controls. I would say part of it that's just a little bit frustrating is some of the control scheme side of things. But the fact that it has touch controls, I think, kind of like would would avoid some of that. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I I it's sometimes like getting items out of your inventory just is is a little rougher than it should be. I think. <laughs> um, yeah, and like actually using them on things. Yeah, but but that's me being highly like critical of it like it's not like it's stopping me from playing the game or anything like that any of these games that you have to deal with an inventory can always be um a, a complicated <laughs> game i didn't realize that ron gilbert creator and director of monkey island uh did all like the humongous entertainment stuff so like pajama sam and putt putt mm-hmm. and freddy the fish i didn't realize that yeah that and, makes uh, a lot of sense and it i mean it, again it is just one of those games that has so much charm to it it's fun it is my favorite this isn't lucas arts anymore is it like what's the no this is published by devolver digital devolver digital yeah yeah but um, um just has yeah. so much charm to it um and i like it so much yeah i i don't have much to say about this other than like i really enjoy this so look, i mean uh, I, yeah. I think one thing to to say about it is the gameplay of it this is like your your puzzle like what, what what's the genre of this called it's like your your puzzle adventure yeah i would say kind of like a point and click adventure game yeah yeah um, um like, which, a, like a throwback because yeah. this game kind of doesn't exist anymore no um because they sort of turned those into like telltale games like that was like the really big thing and then um telltale went under right and and i think the shift from there from like the telltale stuff i think what most people or what most developers took away from the telltale sort of formula was not the oh point and click adventure games are fun but it was like oh games were you make decisions are fun, which is why then you get until dawn and uh, the quarry and and um, the other one I liked from this year. Uh, what, what can I think of its name? Uh, day, uh, day bad, until bad uh, as guy as what? dusk falls. Yeah, yeah, yes. the guy with the bad outfit, the t-shirt, one hundred percent t-shirt and cargo shorts. <laughs> 
uh, yeah, like, like, um, I think that that's like, that's a great part of those telltale games. Right. Um, but I do miss the point and click adventure. I have fond memories of, first of all, playing like putt, putt and pajama Sam. Those are my two favorites from humongous entertainment as a kid. But, um, I really liked, there was this game called, oh gosh, Sherlock Holmes versus Jack the Ripper. Was it like a fighting game? Did you get combos? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Um, is this uh, is this the game I'm thinking of? There's like a Sherlock Holmes like like adventure like point and click game I I believe right like not there have point been and many. click but yeah yeah um but no this is this is uh yeah this is like a 2009 game I played it on the Xbox 360 uh, and it is uh just one of those point and click adventure games with lots of puzzles and stuff um and I liked it very much uh, and and so I'm I'm a big fan of this the point and click adventure genre but uh this is a wonderful in my opinion throwback to that because it's just not really a genre that's around anymore see i for for me i think a lot of those older games are are almost so obtuse that they're not fun to play um and when when you were with the the original two the secret of monkey island and monkey island 2 lechuck's revenge i started playing the secret of monkey island 2 when i was in college um kind of like going back and like filling out my my uh history of video games and that was such an obtuse game and with how slow it is it would like it it would just be really rough to do. So I think about halfway through, I started just like looking up the answers and you can get through yeah. this game. If you know the answers in a couple hours, at the, you know, just like yes. rush through everything. Um, and then I played monkey Island Two: LeChuck's revenge solely using a guy just to like go through. Um, and like, that's not like really the fun way to do it. Like you want like puzzles that you feel like you get rewarded for, but I still think a lot of these games, it was like, the logic behind some of the puzzles like you have to you know put a soda can in uh some cotton and then shake it up and put it in a snake to balloon the snake to you know like there was just like yeah. weird stuff that always doesn't make sense but sometimes the puzzles hit and they really make sense that's why for this game i find it to be very fun and refreshing with a lot of the puzzles i'm never like knocking my head against the wall to a point where it feels impossible and if you do the game itself has features in it that makes it a little bit easier like there's difficulty settings to it and there's a yeah. hint system that hint, they the hint have book yeah. yeah so you you're further with this um do you agree with that or do you feel like it is like the throwback to the classic point and click obtuse nature of these i think it is much better than those uh, i will say they're like 99 of the time i think it's really really solid with that sort of stuff and then there's just a handful of moments where you're like okay fuck you um <laughs> here's here's a hint if i i don't mean to spoil a puzzle for anyone um but, but i just want to probably a puzzle that needs to be spoiled if you're gonna bring i just want right to give now. you a hand a, a, a guide writer to you the audience the, the <laughs> monkey island players um when you are on the chuck's ship which i guess spoiler um it's like in the first fucking hour get off my back and, and uh, also in the first hour it's very clear that the whole time you're trying every other way to avoid getting on the chuck ship and then <laughs> it's just like every time it's like i guess i'm getting on this then <laughs> it's really funny yes. um you are going to need to flatten a skull i know that sounds weird you just need to do it and you go to flatten it and as soon as you touch the object that's supposed to flatten it it breaks into a thousand pieces and Guybrush goes like, okay, well I got to fix this before I do the, f the flattening. And the thing you use to, f to fix it are some nails that you have in your inventory from something earlier 
that you just are like would never assume that you would ever need use the nails on the thing and it'll be fixed instantly i don't know how you were supposed to intuit that nails would fix a laundry machine like a like a washing machine thing you've never fixed a laundry machine before like that's like one of its main ingredients oh yeah it's true uh when, when i when i we have a laundry machine, a washing machine here, and yeah, in when unit, you open though, it up, right? it's just nails inside. Um, what's that? Is it an in-unit? Yeah, I got in-unit washer and dryer, man. Clutch, you are living in the in the I'm top two percent of the country. I know. I know. It's, uh, the view from up here is <laughs> it's pretty nice. <laughs> pretty nice. Uh, yeah, use the nails on the broken thing. Uh, that's I think only for people playing on the hard mode. Because uh, yeah, also the hard mode and the easy mode are basically the same thing. It's just that the hard mode is a little bit more tedious. Um, define tedious so in the hard mode when you select the washer uh, it breaks instantly and then you have to use nails to fix it on easy mode I just don't think it breaks <laughs> oh uh, like so there's like a, a couple not a, other it, steps yeah like puzzles are a little bit more drawn out in that way um, uh, I, I don't know if this is for sure one of the differences but like early on you need to use a monocle to look at a serial number on a lock are you, are you playing on hard mode or easy mode or casual mode. I mean. Explain to me this puzzle and I'll answer it to you. Well, I don't know. I don't know if this is a hard mode or easy mode. This I, is just an example of something that I would say, like, is sort of the difference. So, like, I, what I'm trying to say is, like, I don't know if this is different in, in casual mode versus hard mode, it, but this it, is just it. the type of thing that would be different. Um, so in hard mode, or at least in, in, to my understanding, you need two monocles to look at a serial number on a lock to, to make it big enough so that you can see it. Uh, you get one of you get one of the monocles earlier on, and then to get the second one, you just go back and get another one. And like to me, that's not a really good puzzle because it's just picking up the same item twice. And it's like, how would I know that I would just need to get that again? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm playing in hard mode then, uh, based on that description. But like, this goes back to the original Monkey Island games. It would be like you'd go through your inventory, you'd go into an old room, you'd try every item in your inventory with every item that's in the room, and then try to like guess what the right solution would be based on that. It was yeah. like literally everything was like that. Um, so I don't, I mean, at least for me at this point, it doesn't feel like the puzzles are that obtuse at this point for the most part i would say in general most of it is easily intuited yeah and if, uh, if you're someone who is like worried about it too like like an obtuse game i don't think it's like impossible to play and they do have the systems like the easy versus hard mode to make it uh to make it better they also had one about like extended dialogue options um i, I don't know oh. if you, you check that it just makes them mm -mm. talk more <laughs> Oh, it, like just like detail, like detail a little bit more about what you should be doing. No, no, no. It, like I think, like in conversation, like some of the dialogue just takes longer in the in the in the hmm. the the dialogue. But there are like some of the customizable things to make the experience what you want, um, which I think is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, overall, I think this game, personally for me, is a fun game. You should try it if you are interested in this. If you like funny games, if you like pirates, um, I do think the you feel like you are thrown into the deep end a little bit with some of these characters if you've never played the original games before. You think so? I disagree. You, oh, do, I mean, that's good because I feel like, uh, like 
even at the very beginning when you're like meeting all these characters again, like it's like referencing the first few games, like, and I, I, I get, it doesn't like, you're not lost. Like they explain who the people are, but I feel like part of the charm for me is seeing good old Stan again in prison and then hearing how he lost Mm -hmm. his business and hearing all the references they made about his like past dealings from other games and stuff. Um, but you don't feel like you're, you're, uh, unsure about the context of these characters and stuff. I mean, anytime, like you go to a map shop is Wally, Wally's map shop. Is he like in the other games? Mm-hmm. You show up and you're like, Hey, sorry for the last time we met. Like, I didn't mean to do that to you. And he's like, you know what? I've, I'm moved, I've moved on. And I just go, okay, that wasn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like, okay. Like they know each other. Like that's, so like, I don't think that you really don't pick up on any of it. Um, there's a nice little scrapbook right when you start the game uh, or that you can access from the main, main menu of the game that's fully voiced where um, Guybrush is basically like, here are some of the adventures I've been on. Like, how great is this? And it basically just like fills you in on like generally who are the big players in this and like that sort of stuff. It's also set. Uh, I, I really like the the framing of it of Guybrush telling a story to his kid, um, which I think is very cute. And also like anytime there is like a big question about like wait how did this happen or who is this person how do you know them like the kid will ask it and yeah. then guybrush will explain it so uh um, no I, I personally don't think it, it is throwing you in like that at all I, I followed it pretty well okay yeah i guess i guess the way my my critique of it is like it, not it's not a critique i just feel like the you're connected more to some of these characters if you play the other games because it is referencing a lot of the characters from the other games, not necessarily like the story or not like you're lost with it. Like, it's not like you're going to be like unaware of what's going on. Uh, sure. Guess what? Guybrush is married uh, to uh, Elaine Marley, uh, who is better than him at most everything. <laughs> right. But they but they don't like see each other that often. Um, I, I mean, they're both doing their own independent adventures, it seems like. Okay. But, yeah. Because that's, that's, that was the only thing where I was, like, in the scrapbook, he's like, we're married. And then, like, she shows up, and he's like, oh, my gosh, I haven't seen you so long. I was like, are you not married? Or are you yep. just off doing pirate but, things yeah, individually? Dude, the pirate life, it's rough. You don't get to see your significant other that much, specifically if your wife is a pirate. Slash was governor. She, slash. Was she the mayor? Yeah, like, former mayor? Yeah, or she was a, like that? originally okay. the mayor, and then, like, she became, like, the one who was, like, kidnapped, and, like, you had to go rescue, but then, you know, ends up, she rescues you because, you know, Guybrush is an idiot. That's <laughs> cute. That's cute. Um, I, when she shows up, she, she shows up uh, intermittently throughout the, throughout the game, and it's always, it's always a joy to see them. Yeah. Um, that's all we got in the Metacritic Roundup. You want to talk about news? Let's do it. Last week, the video game news was like, you know what? We'll give you an easy one. Just the Nintendo Direct, the PlayStation uh, State of Play. Like, don't worry about it. Uh, take a week off because, man, oh, man, this week is going to be a lot. So right, we said, okay. We said, okay, you know what video game news? Like, we respect your game. Like, we, you know, game, respect game. Like, all good. Um, so this is maybe, I think, the biggest news story of the year. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 was leaked. Rockstar was hacked. Um, and people are going a little wild over this leak. So, uh, to fill you in, because now we have, like, while other other places have covered, like, hey, here is the leak that happened, Right. Um, we are, are able to sort of see the more totality of it because there has been some time since this happened. Cause I think it was about like five or six days ago that like the original leak happened. And so now here we are like with being able to see some of the fallout from it. So 
initially like we've known the gta 6 is in the works for a while but we haven't seen it and we've known that rockstar i mean rockstar is pretty like buttoned up about these sorts of things um so it's not a surprise that we haven't seen it um but we've known that they are working on it i think yeah okay so they officially said in a press release that um they are in active development for the next entry in the grand theft auto series uh, that was in February of this year. So it's been a minute since we've seen it, since we've heard anything about it, but we've known that this has been in development. We haven't seen any sort of footage or anything like that from the game. Um, on a, I think a website called GTA forums. It's a very popular forum. Uh, it's a, for people to just talk online about Grand Theft Auto. Uh, September 18th. A user posted basically just like hey here are all of a bunch of clips from um from gta 6 and they had hacked uh into rockstar and posted 90 pieces of footage and nine like separate clips from gta 6 uh and they basically shared all sorts of assets and uh said that they have the source code for the game and they want to fucking uh uh like negotiate with Rockstar to get it back. So did you catch any of the leaked footage? No. Uh, and uh, it, it's not like I would have wanted to like a lot of it's being taken down. Right. At this like, point, I would say 99% of it has been absolutely scrubbed off the face of the planet. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, Rockstar for context is like historically very like, they they will they do not care they will sue you they will take your shit down like if you are showing anything without their consent well and regardless of that like this was like information that was like hacked and it, their oh, system this was is hacked mega into illegal. so like this mega, is even more than illegal. just like oh uh x developer has the screenshot no this is like they went in they did all that that stuff with it yes. so no no so i did not look at it because first of all i don't necessarily care like i will play this game when it comes out and i don't care what it looks like like i'm sure it'll be fine um but it's like not done like this game it's not like this game's coming out next year it's it's not like this stuff is going to be like story spoilers or anything like that this is just like early ass footage of a game it's just like why would i want to see it yeah like it's not it's not done. Yeah, I think, I mean, I heard people talking about the footage. People talk about the footage, like what it was and like confirming a lot of this stuff. So maybe that surprise is, is gone. But there were already rumors and stuff that I think talked about a lot of this, about like how there's two protagonists and um, it's set in my, uh, like Miami, right? Uh, uh, kind of Vice City. Vice City. Is that, is that Miami? In Florida. Yeah. It's like a Florida city. OK, yeah. Um, so like it just kind of confirmed what we already knew. Uh, and yes. it it's or we were already rumored to know. Um, so, no, I did not look at it and I and I don't think I, I care to look at it. Yeah, uh, basically, like a lot of the footage was showing um, like they, they showed a like a diner robbery scene. Um, they it confirmed that it's going to be you're going to have two protagonists, a man and a woman, and they're in like a Bonnie and Clyde type relationship, which I think is kind of fun. I like that movie. Um, and it was also it just happened. Um, <laughs> I don't know anything about like the real people. I just know I like the movie. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, like they're, they, they're uh, 90 clips, right? I saw one clip cause it was on Twitter and it was one of those things where I was like, LOL, like this is going to be like nuked off this website. Um, <laughs> it was just, it was an interaction between two people. Uh, one guy sitting on a pool, like what, what's the, what are those called? Like pool beds? Like, 
water like a chair next to the no it's like a chair next to a pool uh like uh chair so he's sitting in a chair and then the other guy's like walking around the pool and they're just like yelling at each other. And like they have like just this really extended conversation. And it's one of those cool things that's just like, hey, there's a level of detail to this already that like is pretty crazy. Like they are just this is a, an interaction that you will never see unless you stop for it. Right. But it's going on. Um, and it's one of those things that like Rockstar is sort of known for that sort of attention to detail and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I saw that. But uh, it's my understanding all of the footage, including the footage that I saw, has like all of the like, it's all sorts of code on the screen. Like you can see every single thing working. It, it is not a finished game. This is like just straight up not done. Uh, but it looks like more GTA. Um, so they posted 90 clips from GTA 6. This person, by the way, um, their hacker name, their their like forum name is uh, Teapot Uber Hacker. And um, as like cringy and funny as it is to call yourself Uber hacker, uh, they mean that in a literal sense because they uh, said that they're the same person who uh, hacked Uber, like the like the app, um, like a week they ago. Like, or, they like T two, I bet, which is ironic, as we'll find I out. I guess. What? Why? Wasn't he what from the UK? Oh yeah, he is. So they, yeah, okay. they, they, so they like their T up in there. So that should have been narrowing down the search radius a little bit just by their username. <laughs> yeah. So basically, like, um, uh, that was a s last Sunday, and so so yeah, a week from today, I think. So last Sunday, all that sort of stuff goes down, and um, on that same day, Take Two Interactive is like removing all of this stuff from the internet. Um, they're hitting, you know, everyone basically like who is posting or sharing any of this with all these takedown notices and all that sort of stuff. Um, and take two or I guess Rockstar followed up uh, the next day on Monday by saying like they, they, they had a message. I'll just read it verbatim. Here it goes a message from Rockstar Games. We recently suffered a network intrusion in which an unauthorized third party illegally accessed and downloaded confidential information from our system, including early development footage for the next Grand Theft Auto. At this time, we do not anticipate any disruption to our live game services, nor any long-term effect on the development of our ongoing projects. We are extremely disappointed to have any details of our next game shared with you all this way. Our work on the next Grand Theft Auto game will continue as planned, and we remain as committed as ever to delivering an experience to you, our players, that truly exceeds your expectations. We will update everyone again soon, and of course, we'll probably introduce you to this game when it is ready. We want to thank everyone for their ongoing support through this situation, the Rockstar Games team. Um, what do you think about their response here? Great. Uh, I think, I mean, obviously, like, confirms things. Um, I think they uh, had to address it. They couldn't just ignore this. I think that would have been a bigger story. I mean, at, at a certain point, it's just kind of like, yeah, this is happening. But we we'll, we wanted to show better stuff to you. We couldn't, unfortunately, but be excited about this game. Uh, and we're going to make sure we find the people responsible and make them pay. Bye. And that's it, right? Just like, hey, thanks so much for your patience. Uh, fuck this person. We are going to come to their house and take all their money. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, like, sort of simple as that. Um, so basically after that, they said uh, that both Uber and um, Rockstar are sort of teaming up to figure out oh, God. what is happening. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, the, which is that's kind of the funny. Marvel movie I want to see, right? <laughs> the GTA people and Uber. Because um, <laughs> there's for sure going to be like an Uber joke in gta 6 right oh, i mean sure. like there has to be in the same way that they have like what was it for twitter and whatever like similar sort of thing yeah um 
So they basically, let's see, where did we, where is it that they caught on this article here that I'm looking at? Um, uh, did you see, uh, uh, was that, I think, uh, Naughty Dog, uh, Neil Druckmann, uh, <laughs> like, posted yeah. in solidarity? So, so, yeah, I, I really like this. I was going to talk about it in a second here. Oh, um, sorry, I'm glad sorry. you brought it up. No, 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 you're all good. Uh, basically, following all of this, the fan reaction has been fucking busted. Have you seen any of the, the, this? Like what people are saying about all these leaks? Mm -mm. There, there is there are so many people on the internet right now being like, "This looks like trash." Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. this this looks so bad. Like I can't believe this is what they're working on. They've been working on this, and it's like it takes a single second to like realize like, y'all, it's not done. There are all sorts of comparisons being made. Like. It's like listening to a song that only has a drum track and being like, um, no guitars. It's terrible. You know, like it's just not done. Like it's just, it simply is not finished. You know, you put a bunch of flour in your mouth. You're like, this cake is fucking bad. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and so, so it, it, there's just been some absolute buffoonish takes about this i think some of them are people trying to get reactions from people like there's one guy who was saying um who's trying to correct someone else by saying like visuals are the first thing that get done in a video game and like i think that that's 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 bait like obviously they know that that's not true that's a crazy thing to think uh and like it's just it's just straight up not true uh and so in response to this negative feedback that Rockstar has been getting for their game that isn't finished and was not revealed in a way that they are were comfortable with or wanted to, um, Neil Druckmann tweeted, To my fellow devs out there affected by the latest leak, uh, because uh, for context, as we all remember, Last of Us 2 leaked pretty hard. I mean, Last of Us Part 1 leaked pretty hard. Um, and people similarly for the leaks of Last of Us 2 were just like, I'm not going to fucking play this game, right? And it was just like completely not finished information and stuff like that. Um, so he tweeted to my fellow devs out there affected by the latest leak. Know that while it feels overwhelming right now, it'll pass one day. We'll be playing your game, appreciating your craft and the leaks will be relegated to a footnote on the Wikipedia page. Keep pushing, keep making art. Hey, Neil Druckmann. That's cool of you to say. And I think that's In great. Addition, was, that, that's yeah, great to going. hear from him too, but just because like, you know, you'd think like th that was such a big thing that happened to them not once, but twice uh, yeah. like, for different things. And like it can be demoralizing for a, a company uh, and just knowing that it will be OK and like reminding that I'm sure Rockstar knows it will be OK. But like this is like a, a problem throughout the industry, like people leaking things before they're ready. And I think it's just the solidarity of, of it is a cool thing to see. And something I really appreciate as well is a bunch of other developers have been sharing footage of their games before they came out to show like what they looked like during development. Um, there's a great video of uh, Control, which obviously looks spectacular and has like it's got some groundbreaking stuff in there. Like it looks so fucking good, especially on PS5 with like all the ray tracing and stuff. Um, and I mean, this the footage just looks like a video game that's in development, right? It's just not done. Like none of the textures are done. Just doesn't look very good, right? Um, you've got Plague Tale Requiem. Oh, I'm watching uh, they, the control stuff now, and like literally, like it's like <laughs> like busting around with this like really horrible looking like business suit outfit. Yeah, um, it just it looks bad, right? Because it's like that's not what they were working on. That's yeah. not what they were focusing on. Um, the uh, Plague Tale, uh, one of the developers showcased that as well, um, basically saying like 
the the assets for the characters are completely done but like literally nothing else is it's all blocks it, it's all just like completely empty stuff um like, so many developers have just been coming through and saying like here's what these games looked like before and um they didn't look anything like what we had so it's, it's just one of those things i think uh that i really appreciate from a bunch of other developers saying like y'all you do not know anything about video game making like it, it, there is so much to it that you just don't see that comes in at the very end. But and even like, you know, famously like talking about um, God of War, uh, how they said like the axe wasn't like the, the gameplay to God of War 2018 wasn't coming together um, until like the last until, like, the, like, last month. Right. Like, yeah, like the last couple months is like when, it, oh, it actually feels good now and everything and how, you know, if someone got their hands on that initial footage, that could have significantly hurt the buzz around this game. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I think with with any of this stuff, like they're not going to send it out until it's ready. Like all these games that get to remember playing this game, um, Cyberpunk and how when that came out, it was kind of a hot broken mess when it was launched. Yeah. But like when people delay things, they delay things because they are not playing well. They are kind of messy. They are not finished. And they know this. And we're talking about something that is so not finished. It's not even close to being out, friends. Like, you know, like, it's not like this a, is not coming in 2023. Yeah. Maybe 2024. Right. Maybe. Like, yeah, whatever. It's just it's so wild. Um, So they ended up uh, I'm, I'm missing the spot here where uh, they ended up catching who it was. And it's a 17 year old kid in uh, the UK. Uh, yeah. So they they caught him. Uh, They found them in London. It was a 17 year old in Oxfordshire. Uh, they've arrested them on suspicion of um, hacking all of that sort of uh, hacking uh, Uber and Rockstar. Uh, they didn't specify anything like the authorities didn't specify anything, but they basically said that um, this they think that they got the person and that is a 17 year old kid, which um, someone put in perspective on Twitter. Uh, they were what? Eight when GTA five came out. <laughs> Uh, like, not that that matters. It's just one of those things where it's like, this is like, y- you think you've been waiting for this game? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> right. You know, so um, I, I will still see as to what ha- comes of this. But uh, that that is some pretty major crimes to get into uh, at 17. So I, I I think this is one of those things that when we start thinking about like digital security, um, one of the things I'm currently dealing with at work that is kind of. I don't want to say it's frustrating me. Uh, we've recently, like last year, implemented the two-factor authentication for everything. So every time we mm. log into our a new device, we have to like have a two-factor th- uh, authentication, which is annoying. Um, and then we recently had this thing that we can only access certain programs um, if we're in the building with the buildings, like Wi-Fi, and we can't access stuff at home, like stuff that's like critical to my job as a teacher. Um, yeah. And then uh, there's even like we can't use. Um, our mail app anymore like I use my mail app on my iPhone like the traditional one we have to use the Gmail mail app to access our um, work email we can't just access it on anything on our phone so like they keep cracking down with all this stuff and it's really annoying and like I keep telling myself like it's annoying because how easy it is for people to hack and do this stuff. Um, we they uh, uh, there was an episode of uh, Nathan for you in which uh, <laughs> he hacked the Emmys um, and like basically yes. uh, like 
showed how easy it would be to change it so when people are voting for the winners, you could easily set it up to steal the people's information, steal their passwords, steal their email address, and then vote for them uh, for whoever you want so they could win. Uh, and like that stuff is like, while that was a joke on Nathan for you, the whole thing is how easy it is to get into some of these places. And I'm sure Rockstar has some technology to, to try to secure itself, but like that doesn't stop right. it from being easy for people to get involved and hack stuff. And like, you know, I remember watching when I was younger, like the 24 and you have all the hackers in there, like going through like the, the government firewalls <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. It's really not that hard to do. Um, and people can do that. Uh, and uh, this stuff is going to keep happening and it's really hard. I, th I don't know. I, it, it's really hard to keep things locked behind uh, the technology wall of protection and also be able to have that technology and stuff accessible for people to to use and work and i wonder what the the whole like work from home structure has done to a lot of the security stuff because in order for people to work from home i'm sure that is something that also kind of opens up vulnerabilities in these systems uh which makes it easier for people to come in and steal stuff well, and to your point, uh, someone pointed out, I think it was Jason Schreier, basically saying, like, it'll be interesting to see what effect this has on Rockstar's work-from-home policies. Probably not great, just if they're trying to tighten up on digital security, but um, I suppose that's to be seen. So, uh, it's a bummer. I mean, it's just a bummer, but I, I think that there's just such a demand for leaks and to know exactly what's going on at a studio at any given time and not just trust like no they're doing it like <laughs> so and it's a bummer but like also it shouldn't matter like i like i, I think literally doesn't we, matter we as the consumers here have to be like aware that like from us like this game is going to come out and it's probably gonna be pretty good and even if it's not yeah. pretty good it's not because of this leak or the stuff that we're seeing like yeah we see this stuff cool but like so what? Like, just wait for the game to come out. Like, this is so early in the process, and I think, like, it's really easy to be reactionary, but, like, just calm down, everyone. Things will be fine. Rockstar will be fine. And as Neil Druckmann said, it will eventually be a footnote in this whole process, and people will forget about it if the game is okay and comes out. Yeah. I mean, GTA 6 is supposed to be, like, the biggest game of all time. <laughs> I mean, Probably. GTA 5 is, right? So, like, if it follows in that footstep in those footsteps, like uh, I think that would be, I mean, it's huge. It's going to be huge. Like there's just no doubt about it. So yeah, uh, agreed. This sucks, but Hey, um, sometimes this sort of thing happens. Um, this is certainly not the first major hack is certainly will not be the last, but it's always a bummer whenever it happens. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about Iron Man. How about that, Justin? That's a, that's a, po let's, let's go positive with this. Me like some Iron Man. Uh, EA Motive, they're developing Dead, the Dead Space remake. They made, um, were they behind Star Wars Squadrons? What video games have you made, EA Motive? Tell us. Uh, oh dear. Star Wars Battlefront 2, Star Wars Squadrons, and Dead Space. Um, and then now they're working on an untitled Iron Man game. Um, it is in early development. EA Motive has a handful of uh, teams. So like it would make sense that they while they are wrapping up their work on Dead Space, that they would be um, turning out Iron Man. Uh, this is a single player, third person action adventure Iron Man game. Uh, we know literally nothing about it other than it is 
Iron Man and EA Motive. Justin, think, what do you think about it? Do you think this? they're gonna have dismemberment physics like they do in Dead Space in this game? Like <laughs> as you're like I would love Justin, can I say it like that would be so wild. I would love that. It won't happen. But like anything original about this like uh, uh, anything original, like any sort of original take on this character or on this like character like the powers or whatever, it would be super interesting. Like you're blown bits off of people or whatever. Oh yeah. It'd be so cool. Well, I think of how many people Tony Stark, pe- people or living beings that Tony Stark has has killed. Yeah. In, in his time as being the Iron Man. Um like going back to even the first movie. He literally flies to another country, goes into a war area, and just starts destroying people. Yeah, like, you watch that now, and what I appreciate about it is that, like, even in that movie, it's still kind of like, eh, it's kind of fucked up, huh? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like, it's not like, oorah, go Toaster, go Iron Man, right? Um, but yeah, like, like, they bring it up, right, about, like, ever since he announced that he was Iron Man, like, the world got bad <laughs> like as people come like you know the challenge like we incite challenge and stuff like that um i don't know i have no interest in this i, I mean think, i'll play it when it comes out I, but I like it, i think it'd be fun i think if we learned anything from playing anthem uh if you played anthem that that the ability to have a mech suit can be fun and like if you yes. have different iron man suits that you can upgrade and fix like there's there's a, a game for that and you add a marvel story around it um mm-hmm. and you add you know like the the superhero polish and stuff i think that can be good i think going to marvel's the avengers i think playing as iron man was fun um i know you didn't play it but there's like literally a mission in the game when your mansion gets attacked and you slowly start putting on your iron man outfit so it's kind of like you know first you get like your 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 guns then you put on your your laser boots and you're slowly like doing that like there's a lot of cool stuff that you can do with like the, in iron man 3 yeah like in iron man 3 but like okay. you, you get to play it it's fun yeah sure um, yeah yeah but uh like there's cool things that like i think this character and this story would allow you to do that i think could be really fun and um going to like you know looking at, at at what the best marvel game could be in like i think marvel spider-man is one of probably the best superhero games out there i Agreed. think yeah probably I, mean, I i can't I, off the top of my head i would say that would what i would point to now granted motive is not insomniac right insomniac is yes is something i would trust a lot uh with a, a pro uh, a program with a property like um uh, you know, a, a Marvel property like Spider-Man. So it's it's yet to see how Motive will, will translate to creating this game. Um, but it is backed by EA, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is like public being published by EA, which to me, uh, that's the big warning sign about this. It's the big warning sign around the Dead Space remake for me as well, where it's like, I, I've liked what I've seen of the Dead Space remake, but I just, I know EA and I know that, I know who they are. I know that they've sort of shifted gears um, because of Jedi Fallen Order, which was published by them, which good game. Uh, I know that they've recently been like, oh, people want this, you know, Um, but I just think about like all of the other things that they have taken and just completely soiled um, that had good ideas to them, you know. Uh, I, I mean, um, this this is still kind of like I know this isn't the best counter to that argument, but they were the the they were part of the anthem so they they own anthem and I, again i know justin justin, justin. i know no, not like, the best argument like i'm not i'm not saying that playing anthem isn't fun 
but I need you to hear the sentence you just oh, said. I, no, I heard it. <laughs> like, I heard it. Um, like, no, I don't, I don't doubt that. And also, if I may, Dead Space 2 specifically is a fucking awesome Iron Man game. When you're flying around through space, um, there is a sequence in Dead Space 2 that's probably my favorite in all of video games. Um, you shoot yourself out of a rocket across a space station through space, and you're flying, like, you are going, like, super fast, um, and you're, like, flying past all this terrain and stuff, and then you bust into the space station through the ceiling, and you're, like, uh, you're, like, going down a vent. And he and and so you're like, you're like you're like being knocked around this like vent as you go down, and at the very last second you get on your feet, do the superhero landing, and it's all in one shot, and it's insanely good. Um, and, and, and the whole thing, by the way, when you're in space, completely silent because you're in space. So like you just hear the, you hear your breathing and you hear the speed of it all, and you're like running to go help someone, and then you come crashing through the roof and it's so loud. And then you stick the superhero landing, Justin, I'm like amped talking about this. <laughs> Dead space Two, play it. I, so what I'm saying is, yeah. uh, sorry, uh, EA motive. If I think if I think there might be kernels of iron man in dead space remake, um, which I think would be interesting. Uh, I think, that to me is what could potentially help me with with getting more on board with this. Yeah, I I, I think I think exactly to your point. Like they're they're they have the opportunities and the resources to make this a good game, but they also have the resources to make this a money grabbing piece of shit. <laughs> it's it's their like game to lose. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like one hundred percent. Um, something else that I think the reason why I have a hard time with this game specifically. Uh, I struggle to think of an actor that is more the embodiment of their character than Robert Downey Jr. is with Tony, Tony Stark that like, I just don't know who do you have play Tony Stark that would be able to catch a portion of that charisma, a portion of that portrayal. Nolan North was him in um, the Avengers, the Avengers, which I think like, Weirdly enough, Nolan North is the Robert Downey Jr. of video games, I think. But, like, I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, like, like, I don't hate the casting of Nolan North. I don't know if it's going to be him in this, but, yeah. It's, re it's really hard, too, with video game characters, too, because, like, you know, uh, you have, like, the, the 10 or 15 popular ones that are just thrown around. But then you go back to something like Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy and I don't think that game was hurt by having no names in it. Yeah, I thought it was great to, yeah. to not have to be distracted, but like, fuck, is that Troy Baker? Come on. So I think <laughs> like, I, <laughs> so I think the bigger challenge is not so much who they get to voice it. It's how they portray that character. Um, yeah. And obviously the answer is not to copy and paste Robert Downey Jr. unless you're going to have Robert Downey Jr. do it. But by the way, that'd be baller. <laughs> If it was just like, hey, it's me, Robert Downey Jr., yeah. I'm back. Yeah. I'm back in video games because, yes, I did do the voice for Iron Man, the video game, and Iron Man 2, the video game, back in 2011 and two, uh, 2009, 2011. Anyway, he did the voice for those. And that, that was, I mean, that still he was still popular then, but, like, that was before he became. I mean, that was, like, before he was, like, the per like who he is now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it was Iron Man that, like, brought him back. Yep. That and, um. What's that Due other date. movie? Zodiac. Oh. oh. <laughs> Due date with yeah. Zach Galifianakis. 
Was he in that? I, I believe so. Like, and it, it was like, like I think Robert Downey Jr. was trying to get home to see his wife have his like first child, and then he gets like somehow saddled with uh, Zach Galifianakis, and um, you know, hilarity ensues. Uh, the 2010 film Due Date with Todd Phillips, Jimmy Fox, RDJ, Juliette Lewis, Michelle Monaghan, Danny McBride. Wait, Zach Galifianakis is not in it. No, he is. I just oh my I god! I was like, oh, wait a second, <laughs> Mandela <laughs> no, no. effect, um, the, the yeah, Galifianakis seems... effect. You just think he's in every movie. I like Robert Downey. Like, what a charming actor. But speaking of Zach Galifianakis, though, like the Zach Galifianakis effect. Did you ever hear of that time he was on SNL hosting? He had his beard at the beginning of it, shaved it off for one scene, and then put a fake beard back on for the end of it to like see if anyone like would that's notice it. That's awesome. But like, that's so baller. <laughs> Awesome. That's great. I love that, Zach Galifianakis. I love that a lot. He gets it. He he gets it. Um, here's someone who doesn't get it. Uh, one, Dan Allen. He's a YouTuber. Um, he has been exposed as being a Twitter account called The Real Insider, which uh, it, it's a leak. It's a leaks in gaming insider information twitter account um and it's all anonymous and he happened to not switch twitter accounts when he was responding to um a notification from the real insider twitter account and basically he showed his entire ass by being like by basically confirming that he runs that account and um he has gotten a decent amount of things right because he was giving he was getting embargoed information and then just leaking it right um which you know we talk about leaks on this show i think this is different than the like gta leak uh because like he didn't hack anything but he still was breaking all these ndas and um breaking these embargo this embargoed information and stuff and so he basically responded to all of this by saying that he's sorry uh he did kind of like he made a youtube video uh where he basically said that um what he would do is he would take information uh he would make some educated guesses and pass it off as true which is what a lot of these insiders and leakers do i mean how many times have we heard about the twilight princess remastered wind waker remastered metroid prime remastered right um and then every single time it doesn't happen it's the reason why we hear about that so much is because all you have to do is hear like oh there's a unannounced metroid game in development and you're like okay what would that be Okay, could be a remaster. We've heard about that a little bit. Okay, could be coming at this next direct. Okay, it would make sense because they don't really have anything else for their holiday. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. It's not unheard of, but um, he basically had been breaking out all of these embargoes, um, and he says he's sorry, and he's going to be gone from gaming for a while, probably forever, because uh, good luck getting anyone to give you information ever oh well, yeah i guess that's true i was gonna say like well it's really easy to create another fake twitter account to like start doing all this stuff <laughs> uh he also he he basically he revealed like i lied for clout uh he talked about how he made a bunch of stuff up about silent hill and um i think resident evil oh silent hill and metal gear solid uh he said um in the video i mentioned silent hill and metal gear solid remake and i can say that there was no nda there because it's all bullshit it's all lies um so he basically just lied about stuff 
There's a lot of power with the internet um, and like with information and stuff like that. And it's always important to remember that no matter what you read from where you read, you got to take everything with a grain of salt and look for multiple sources. Um, I, I teach this uh, this form of like website evaluation uh, to my students called crap, which basically is like it's the funny. currency, relevance, authority, um, uh, purpose, and like talking about like when you're looking at the internet, no matter what it is, you got to like make sure that you're looking at, all right, who is the author? Do you know the author? Does that make an article not credible if you don't know the author? Well, no. Um, the purpose, what is the purpose of this? Is it a tweet for clicks? Is it for news? Is it for a website? Is it something that has to do with accuracy? Are there more, more than one websites that share this information with, with uh, other, uh, that, that, that have the same information? Or is it just this one source that's doing it? Um, and I think, again, good journalism, d- usually looks at those those aspects of 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 a story but i think yeah. so much of this like hobbyist uh, media um and news reporting um and these anonymous twitter leakers and things like that they're they're not real journalists they don't have journalism degrees they don't care about this stuff they're doing it for clicks they're doing it to get more people to look at them so they get more funding ad revenue whatever it is so like uh it's just important to remember that i think the internet's a great place but uh just Grain of salt with everything and double check and never speak stuff as truth unless you know it's truth. Yeah, this just makes me mad, though. I mean, like, I work really hard (laughs) at my job to I mean, I'm not working necessarily in like video games and game news at this exact moment other than with this show. Um, But like, I don't know, we get embargoed information in our email. I never put it in the show because it's like it's not how our show works. Yeah. Um, yeah. (laughs) and, And frequently it's not for like things that are worth doing a full segment on. But like. We work really hard to like not do this, you know, and and like it is, you know, you get all this information early and that is a privilege. Right. And so for someone to just be like, yep, I made a bunch of stuff up so that people will be, you know, retweeting my stuff. And um, I leaked a bunch of stuff early so that people would see it early. Like when you are agreeing to these NDAs and stuff like that, he broke a big uh, Ubisoft NDA, which was um, uh, one of the catalysts for him being found out Um, because uh, Jason Trier from Bloomberg was like really analyzing a lot of the leaks that were coming out from there, trying to figure out who it was. And um, he did a lot of work to figure out like, okay, he tweets in these same sort of patterns and he capitalizes these same sort of letters and stuff like that. Um, So there you go. This makes me mad. I hope he does not work in games media anymore because there are a lot of other people that you should be watching who are going to be a lot more uh, journalistically upholding their morals um, Portal with ray tracing was announced, Justin. Uh, <laughs> speaking of, <laughs> yeah, uh, speaking of someone and their morals, uh, there was nothing to that. Uh, ray tracing with Portal is coming in November as free DLC. Uh, I don't think it's coming. I mean, I would say it's not coming on any of the console versions. It's just the PC version. Uh, there's a few screenshots here on Wario64's Twitter account that I sent you. Um, take a look at these, Justin. What do you think of this? I mean, it looks like some cool lighting effects to it. Um, I think uh, I, I think it kind of shows you that the game itself was already kind of ahead of its time. I mean, how old is Portal 2 at this point? Uh, so this is just Portal 1, I think. Uh, oh, Portal 2 Portal is, came out in 20... So Portal 1 came out in 2009. Portal 2 came out in 2011. Yeah, so... So at this point, f- 13 years old? Yeah, um, but I think the, the it looks cool, but I don't think it, like destroys like i don't think it needed to be here (laughs) 
So I will probably play this, to be honest, when it comes out, uh, just to see it at least. And also because I love Portal. Um, I've replayed Portal 2 recently, a few months ago for work. Uh, and hey, Justin, Portal 2 is a fucking great video game. <laughs> like, there is not a single moment of Portal 2 that is not just a delight. Um, and so revisiting it, Portal 1 for this will be a lot of fun. Um, but I think I take umbrage with the way that this looks. I, it, by all standards, this looks really impressive. The ray tracing stuff looks awesome. Uh, it looks so lifelike with the reflections and everything like that. Um, but there's something to its art style that is lost when you add this sort of thing. Um, there's something to its like art design and direction that I think sort of disappears by, by making it look hyper-realistic. Because what I liked about the original Portal, at the very least, was that um, so much, it felt so sterile, right? It felt so like uh, everything was well-lit and and, and um, kind of like a hospital in a, way, in a way that was a little off-putting, which uh, as you go through the end of that game, like it makes sense why that would be, right? So that's just like having all this glossy stuff and like these darker areas just doesn't necessarily like, I think it goes across some of what the visuals were uh, trying to say in that game. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's that it's like what Nintendo does when they have less to work with. They create an art style that fits like an aesthetic style that fits what they can work with. Yeah. Um, and I think when just because you have the graphics doesn't mean it makes it a better looking game because it can kind of like look different from the original art style of it. Yeah. Um, so uh, I totally understand what you're thinking uh, in, in what you're saying with that. Um, I just, you know, I, I don't, it's cool that they're doing this. I don't know that it needs it. I would rather they put this effort into a, uh, new a video game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, would love if, I would love if Valve made a video game. How about that? Huh? You know, like another <laughs> portal <laughs> game. That'd be cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think this is, uh, graphics are cool, but I've never been a graphics snob personally. No, I think if you have good visuals, I think visuals over graphics any day of the week. Yes. Yeah, style. Whatever that I is. mean, like, and, and, you know, there are games that, like, do benefit from having, like, excellent visual fidelity. You know, you think about, like, Last of Us, like, that is a game with some f excellent, excellent graphical fidelity uh, that doesn't have a very strong art style because the art style is just realism. Um, but then you have something like, I don't know, completely the opposite end of that, like, like Persona, let's say. There's no realism in it, but it's not trying to do that. It, it, but it's still a very striking and memorable looking game. Well, I think one thing like to that, head or something like that. One on. thing that adds to like The Last of Us though is it's more than just a pretty looking realistic game. It is like its animation, its its facial captures, everything about that tries to capture realism in a way that I don't think most games do. So like when they say their style is realism, they freaking mean it's realism. Uh cut yeah. to Ellie taking off her shirt that's animated beautifully by hand, right? Like that kind yes. of like very specific art style and stuff like that. Um but like if you just took also the reason why you mentioned that, by the way, dear listener, is because having someone take off an article of clothing is very hard to make. Y yeah, <laughs> so okay. It's not just the context, one thing. I understand yes. how that would be a little. <laughs> yes, we're taking off her shirt in The Last of Us Part One, and nothing clipping through, and it being like perfectly like good, like have it work um, is like a very very. It's like a mega flex. Yeah, yeah. And sorry, go on. Even like adding to that though, like the reason why The Last of Us Part One is something that is it's not just like 
increasing graphics they like redesigned it from the ground up to be as realistic and like animated yeah. like as well as you could as possible and you know it's the, it's the difference between like remastering something and remaking something it and yeah. i just don't think this portal like rtx thing is really anything other than just a graphical boost it doesn't like add to the overall experience it doesn't necessarily change the original experience it just tries to make the original experience look different um what if it adds a new ending did you consider that? Um, does it involve a portal and you going through portal? Maybe. <laughs> uh, hey, let's talk about more, <laughs> more crazy shit. Uh, the portal stuff isn't that crazy, but the uh, like the rock star thing I think sort of ties into this. Um, so the Department of Homeland Security, you know them from uh, all sorts of historical crimes that our government has committed, uh, is <laughs> spending um, seven hundred thousand dollars to investigate radicalization in gaming. This is this uh, first report comes from Vice. This is um, titled DHS to spend almost seven hundred thousand investigating radicalization in gaming by Matthew Galt. This article will be linked to the description in the description of this episode. Um, it is pretty cut and dry from that headline, but uh, let me read you the beginning of this here. The Department of Homeland Security has awarded a $699,763 grant to terrorism and security researchers to study the cross-section of extremism and gaming. Over the past decade, video games have increasingly become focal points of social activity and identity creation for adolescents and young adults. Relationships, may have, uh, relationships made and fostered within game ecosystems routinely cross over into the real world and are impactful parts of local communities, the grant announcement on the DHS website said. Correspondingly, extremists have used video games and targeted video game communities for activities ranging from propaganda, creation to terrorist mobilization, and training. Um, so basically, they're looking to develop, um, quote, a best set of practices and centralized resources for monitoring and evaluating um, an evaluation of extremist activities, as well as a series of training workshops for the monitoring, detection, and prevention of extremist exploitation in gaming spaces for gaming community managers, multiplayer designers, lore developers, mechanics designers, and trust and safety professionals. What do you think about this? Uh, so my my tiny uh, uh, animal brain, the first thing I thought of is, boy... 699,763 is a very specific number that they chose to to fund this. It's like, like you couldn't have given them like 200 and a quarter more. Like that, that, 7,000. Is that 7, really 000? going over the budget? Um, I think this is cool. Uh, it's really hard for me to know how much like like this se- like for you and me. It's a lot of money. I wish I had that kind of money. But for like a government system, like how much are they actually putting into this? Like to yeah, make it like a. Uh, a, a huge initiative it's probably just like all right we have this stuff that's happening how much mobilization is happening in um these spaces of of any kind of terrorist things and for us to at least monitor this stuff and i think this goes back to the idea that video games are a pretty new um uh, medium still uh and the kind of the government's oversight of it is not probably great yet. I mean, it's more than just like caring about if, if what, what people are showing video games is like sex and violent or whatever, or even if it's like just creating like, you know, violent stuff, it has to do more with, you know, safety of people and more of uh, terrorism threats and stuff like that. Like, is that, is it 
connecting or causing any of this stuff. So I think it's it's an interesting it's interesting that the government is shifting focus. It's it's scary eyes sometimes on the video game industry to talk about this stuff. Um, but uh, is it going to solve the problems? Is it going to fix things? Like, do you, I, I guess I'm kind of ignorant to that this was a problem that needed to have a government system in it. Uh, I mean, I think that like it is pretty clear that there are some. I'm trying to think of how to say this, like within gaming, as we have seen, right, a lot, a, a lot of times on this show, like gamers are pretty, pretty terrible, right? I mean, just like the gaming community at large, like have been pretty historically horrific to just about everyone that aren't like white guys. Uh, you put a black woman at the end of the God of War Ragnarok reveal trailer and you've got people photoshopping her to make her white. Right. And being like, keep our game out of, you know, you got to keep our game pure or whatever the fuck. I don't know what these white supremacists are saying. Um, but you, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that like we have seen all sorts of horrific harassment campaigns against um, developers, against journalists. You look at Gamergate. Right. And that was like 2014 or so. And like just like the push from the gamers to just kick women out of the industry is just like a nightmare. You know, um, I am a white guy and I have received death threats over my opinions on video games online. I cannot fathom what it's like to not be a white guy doing that. You know, like it, it's just a lot. And so I think if this is to go to looking into those communities, right. And looking into how, um, discrimination and things like white supremacy are able to be born from video game communities. I think that is well worth looking into and well worth trying to fix, find ways to prevent that. Right. Um, I don't have $700,000 to find that out. So that answering how to like fix that problem is way above my pay grade by about, mm, let's call it $699,763 or so. But like, uh, I would say that's a big problem that needs fixing. You, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's a big problem. And so if this goes in that direction, I think it will be a good thing. I think if it goes in the direction, uh, the department of Homeland security, it's like I joked before, uh, it's not, historically been a very good um uh branch of our government let's say uh so like i am curious what they are referring to when they say what they are referring to when they say radicalization in gaming right uh because i would say that gaming has the ability has historically radicalized people um into like the gaming communities, excuse me, I'm trying to be specific. I'm, I'm talking about this. Um, gaming communities have been radicalizing people into things like white supremacy and into other sorts of discrimination and whatnot. Um, I don't think gaming has really gone the other way in terms of like radicalizing people to be um, more extremists with like leftist views and stuff like that. Um, so I'm, the reason I bring that up is because I think the Department of Homeland Security traditionally might skew that way more than the status quo of things like white supremacy and, and discrimination and stuff like that. But you hope that these $700,000 are going to the right place. Well, I think you bring up a bigger issue. It becomes the fact that like online harassment and online bullying and online everything, like w how do you regulate that? Like where does that right. start? And um, like, 
is it yeah it's right now it's up to the individual companies and providers to like i guess look at that kind of stuff but you know you, you live in this other world where you have things that are everything gets censored like how do you how do you sift through all the information that can be put on the internet and what is the best way to stop people from being horrible people online and saying whatever they want to say and i know some people are like well that's freedom of speech and i don't think people should like be necessarily restricted of saying stuff and like who's the one who's going to come in to like say that's an okay thing to say and that's not an okay thing to say but how do we right. just stop this culture of just this like horribleness that is on the internet to not even like to me it's not about censoring people it's about stopping people from thinking and being like that like how do you do that and it's tough too because like uh you have similar behaviors from multiple communities right like just to name a single game like i'm familiar with like there's a lot of harassment that happens in the game valorant right the people who are playing valorant and being and harassing devs and harassing women and whatever else like um not you are, are not the same people who are doing that in the like apex Legends scene right who are not the same people doing that in the um overwatch scene and and all sorts of stuff right it's not it's the same type of stuff that's going on, but it's different people. Yeah. And so like maybe the, you know, these three groups of people have never interacted or talked. How do you fix that on a, on a platform level? Right. Cause you can try and fix it within each game's communities. But at the end of the day, like, I don't know how you, if I was given $700,000, maybe I could start to try and figure that out. Right. Yeah. Maybe. But, I mean, but even then it's like such a bigger thing. I, I think more of this kind of stuff is going to happen. Um, more uh, of these conversations going to happen because this is it's clearly a problem um communities where people can you know uh, spread problematic ideas and and mobilize problematic actions i will say though what i do appreciate about this is that it is not a video games are bad and cause violence thing necessarily the world specifically the united states has been so quick to be like video games make people violent and it's just not true right if that were the case then people all over the world would be picking up guns and shooting schools, right? Like, it just happens in the United States because of one one little tiny reason called gun control, um, <laughs> right? Like, we just we know that video games don't cause violence in the way that a lot of people like to, uh, a lot of uninformed people like to say A to B, right? In the same way that violent movies don't cause violence, A to B, right? Uh, or listening to death metal music doesn't cause violence A to B, right? Um, so I appreciate that its stance is not like video games are fucking horrible. We got to investigate why, <laughs> like, because you you want I'll save you seven hundred thousand uh, dollars and just say they're not. Look at any other country, <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, but uh, yeah, but I, I do think though that saying like okay, well, you know, the people who are playing these these video games and like. Were, that are part of these communities, you know, you might be able to draw a line between saying like, okay, this person who was violent uh, was in this community. This person who was violent was in this community and they talked to other people about doing this and they didn't, you know, they didn't discourage them. In fact, they encouraged them and they all shared these same beliefs. I think that sort of stuff is interesting, but yeah. um, hopefully something good comes out of this. Hopefully people be are better. Hopefully people are better. And that's what we all aim to be, right? Better people. Better people. Um, before we wrap up here, let's talk about Cyberpunk 2077. It is, uh, the top selling game on Steam. Uh, it has like a million concurrent players pretty much at any time over the past week or so. Uh, it's been 22 months since the game launched. So that's, you know, almost two years here. Um, I think 
so a lot of people are saying, hey, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, which is the Netflix anime that just came out, uh, has inspired a lot of people to get really into this again because apparently it's very good. I haven't watched it yet. I might, based on the fact that people are saying how good this game is. Um, Wait, how good? I'm sorry. Uh, how how good this show is. I'm oh, sorry, okay, I yeah. misspoke. It's not a million concurrent players. It's over 100,000, um, which is significant for a video game that is two months old and not a live service game. Uh, two years old and not a live service game. Um, and also, they recently announced uh, their first DLC that's coming to PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X, which is uh, Giant Silverhands coming back. It's story DLC stuff. Um, oh, what is that? Those are my hands. This? Oh, your silver hand. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I just I maybe I'll go back and edit my hand to be silver. I like that. So good luck. Won't. Tell me how you did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, this this game is is coming back in a major way, which seems kind of cool because you can get it probably for pretty cheap at the moment, and um, it seems like it's finished now, or at least in a state that is like acceptable and playable. Well, how do you take that? I think it shows the power of um, Netflix uh, or TV shows that like a good TV show um, yeah. is going to supersede a, an average game. Um, and if you have a good TV show mixed with a game that's that's good, um, I think it's even a better situation for that game. And I think Cyberpunk is a good game. I think the problem with Cyberpunk is the fact that it was put out in the wild when it wasn't finished. And now the narrative behind cyberpunk is that it was a horrible game and you shouldn't play it. And now people are starting to see like, oh, let me check this game out. Oh, it's actually good. It's working. It's running. I actually like this game. Now it's a good game again. Um, and like, I, I think that's that's cool. Um, I, I it's hard, though, to excuse this because I still think the context of how it was released was horrible predatory yeah. and problematic yeah. and um speaking of neil Druck Druckmann talking about that eventually this leak will be a footnote in the story uh the launch of cyberpunk eventually might be a footnote in the story where i do not think this should be a footnote this needs to be something that is like hey uh cd project red you uh you were horrible by doing this justin you like same brain i like <laughs> Here's the crazy thing about all of this, right? Like, what a what a story about Cyberpunk, right? It comes out, it's the most hyped game of all time. It was announced in 2012 when I was a freshman in high school, and it came out in 2020 when I had graduated college. Um, what a story, right? Uh, and development was fraught, and the release was terrible, and now here it is two years later, and um, it's a huge smash hit, right? But no, it's a new, it's a new No Man's Sky, um, which means that CD Projekt Red sees this and probably goes, we did nothing wrong. We made a lot of fucking money and we did nothing wrong. There's nothing incentivizing them because of this, I think, to fix literally anything about their practices, whether that is in their marketing, whether that is in their development for their, you know, their employees. I, I like I look at this and I go, oh, I'm glad that this game is uh, like in a playable state in a way that people are enjoying and that people can go in and play it because even though we came down pretty hard on it when it came out um and i think most of those criticisms still hold up uh i like i didn't hate it i think it's fine and seeing all this to be honest does make me interested in going back and replaying it and and, and maybe choosing different things right um but it is one of those things where i'm just like ah i think 
the repercussions of this are not what maybe most people are thinking of. Yeah. Do you, you agree? Yeah. You got to, you speak with your wallet and people say that all the time, but uh, consumers have such a short memory about certain things. Um, yeah. and this is another one of those situations where people just have a short memory and they forgot about it. Um, and, uh, I'm glad that this edge runner show is good. Mm -hmm. Like I, I never wish for like a, a product to be bad. Um, no, I'm not. glad that people are enjoying cyberpunk. Um, I have no ill will against CD project red, but I just, makes me wonder if they're gonna like their next game is it gonna be the same stuff again i can't trust them as a company anymore until they, they no and that's otherwise. the thing right like um the witcher's coming out next for them we know that and like i i'm not gonna buy that day one unless i have to for work you, right like well, why would i order it right like like it's just so foolish. I don't know. And it just makes me feel like gross about like being excited for anything they have to say. Cause it's like, I don't like, I, I kind of know what you've done to your employees and it has never been good, you know? So there you go. Congrats though. <laughs> I'm, I'm making also, uh, congrats on, and Hey, this is the timeline that they were sort of, that some employees were sort of thinking that this game would be finished in. So wait, like, and I understand yeah. the money thing. I get, it, I'm not in charge, but like it, they, they've no, uh, I, I uh, maybe they've they've there probably is some financial consequence that they've seen, but like they I, probably did they probably saw a financial consequence in 2020, 2021, uh, 2020 and twenty twenty one, but like now if this game is just selling like like no, you know like nobody's business and like people are saying you got to play Cyberpunk now it's fixed now it's good like they're they're making money hand, hand over fist uh, selling like hotcakes as my grandpa would have said. Um, selling like cyber cakes, as my future grandpa would say. Oh wow! Uh, how's that gonna work? Uh, what do you mean? Let's like, talk about the games we're playing. Uh, <laughs> Justin, oh Justin, yes. For the first time, I played through all of Resident Evil Five. Oh, with my roommate Josh. It's a co-op shooter. Okay, got it, got it, got it. That's the that's the that's the one that everyone was excited about because Resident Evil Four is like one of the best games ever, and they're like, yep. "All right, the sequel to one of the best games ever, man. Let's play it. Let's see what's going on. Wait, this isn't the same game. Wait, it's a co-op shooter. Wait, it's an action game, right? That's the game we're talking about. It's racist." <laughs> fuck holy shit this game is racist whoa um, how did that happen how did that happen i was not expecting <laughs> oh that oh my gosh <laughs> uh, oh my gosh it's so bad um wow so basically this game is set in africa and i know what you're wondering africa <sighs> like that's a whole continent we're in africa and japan <laughs> the capcom was just like uh we told you it's in Africa. <laughs> you knew it's like, it's like, what? And there's like, it's a place where there's like, like a city. And then also like a tundra or not tundra, like a Savannah and like wetlands. It's like, what are you, what, what is this? So it takes place in Africa. You play as Chris Redfield, uh, white guy. And, uh, I played as Shiva. Wait, uh, I, I, I think he's red. I like what you did Thank there. Thank you. Yeah, he's got a color in his name. So he plays Chris Redfield and Shiva. Shiva is from, uh, I think, the city or maybe the country that you're in. It's like literally not clear, but she talks about these people as being her people. Um, I don't know. She is not white, for clarification. Uh, and you, it is a game where you are just mowing down a lot of black people and it doesn't feel good. Um, it is wild that this happened. 
Uh, and on top of that, it's not a very good video game either. Okay, like, so a couple things about the racism. Like, is it a characterization yeah. thing that was problematic with it? Is it a context of the story? Like, what what is the thing that is the worst about it? Um, so, like, you have this game set in Africa. The only character that's black is Shiva, and she's barely a character. She's just, like, an add-on. Like, she's, like, not a player in the story at all, She's, really. like, when you're playing uh, Halo co-op with, like, two people, and the cutscene happens, and, like, the And the then the other person Master disappears. Yeah. <laughs> yes, basically, yes. Um, so you got that, and so it's just, like, all white people, like... It's, a, it's an interesting setting. I don't know, like, not a lot of video games are set in Africa. Like, that's kind of cool. Um, but then you, you are just a white military guy, and just, like waves and waves of black people just show up and you're just mowing them down it's 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 really grisly and gross uh in my opinion and um i mean there's some white people sprinkled in here and there um but that feels bad and that's how it opens right and it's just like oh no and you're just like a white guy just like screaming at people like putting a gun in their face like get back get back right it's just like (laughs) no and like you know this came out in like i think 2009 and like even then i don't think this to my understanding and the research I've done, like this was not received well back then. And I think for like, you know, a mainstream video game to receive any sort of like racist backlash, uh, in 2009, I think is saying something for how bad the, how bad this looks. Right. Um, and then on top of that, uh, about two hours in, you go into these villages that are just mud huts and you've got people in grass skirts and big headdresses and like, it feels I, I don't I don't know how much research went into this game, but I it doesn't seem like the sort of thing that was researched at all, uh, or where they talk to anyone about like, hey, how do we be respectful of this culture? Um, it just feels like they were like, yeah, you know, like Africa, like grass skirts and headdresses and mud, mud huts, and it's like, I don't know, I don't know about all that, guys. Um, so there you go. Uh, so why did you play this game? Um, we were looking, so we didn't know about the racism in this, um, and we were looking for a co-op game to play, and Josh, my roommate, was like, uh, well, I never beat Resident Evil 5 because the AI in it is terrible, uh, which is true. Like, playing it alone is, is just not very fun. Uh, so we played it together, and it was just one of those things where it was like, oh, this is a bad look. Oh, this is a really bad look. Um, I, I think it tone, tones down after the grass skirt area um, it, because it just, it turns into just like you're on a tanker ship and like the enemies are all in like military clothing and stuff. You can't really see them that much. Uh, so like it, it loses that feeling, I think a lot. Um, but it is still just one of those things where it's like, Oh, this did not like, this wasn't, this didn't, it didn't age poorly because it just never was appropriate yeah yeah you know? um um generally is are we yeah. talking about like are you are you generally shooting humans or zombies like what's the percentage of each well they're like the zombies from resident evil 4 so like they look like humans and sometimes you shoot their heads off and then a big like tentacle thing comes out and starts whapping you around and stuff like that but Ooh, i mean like they weapon for all for all intents and purposes just look like regular people it, it, like in the way that like the the people in re4 did you know yeah 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 yeah. um it just it feels like it is just a very it's uncomfortable um and then on top of that like you know it's got the re4 controls so like i I don't mind that necessarily but uh, i think it does not hold up to scrutiny when compared to re4 really at all um re4 i think is a game that feels like it has a lot of ideas like every single hour like 
you're doing something new and weird and memorable. And this game is just like, well, what if we did all the stuff from Mario four again, but like none of the personality to it. Um, it features one of the, maybe the worst boss fights I've ever encountered. Um, at the very end of the game, it took us about an hour and a half to beat the final boss. Uh, we had 17 total deaths. There was a quick time event in it that is so, uh, challenging, um, that the, uh, the guide we were looking up cause we were like, how are we doing this wrong? The guy that we looked up said, what you should do if you're playing this on co-op is drop out of the session. And then when you get to the next checkpoint, jump back in because you want the AI to be able to do it. It's a bad game, dude. Damn. We had, we had like a decent time cause we were playing a video game together. You know what I mean? Like co-op games, I think are always kind of fun when you're playing with friends, yeah, but it was one yeah. of those things where we were like, Oh man, like there are so many elements of this that just are like so egregious and, and, like tough to swallow wouldn't recommend it i'm sorry you had to live through that it's okay we're gonna play resident evil 6 next uh (laughs) which which to my understanding uh, we did some research to my understanding not racist at all um or if it is it's not i I didn't see any of that is what i'm trying to say yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, when i was when i was looking it up but um that one is the one that people hate but like I can't imagine it's worse than Resident Evil five, man. Like, like, like there's so much to it. That was so bad. <laughs> so your review is eight out of 10. Just okay. It's basically how reviews read now, huh? <laughs> 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 um, no, I would, I would, I would not give this a thumbs up. I would say, do not play this game. Yeah. I would say really, I, I would say there's really no reason to play this game. <laughs> um, there's just bet. I mean, there's better, everything don't don't do don't this. do it don't do it just don't do this uh have you been playing anything uh not really i mean i just got through some monkey island uh this week but yeah. i did um get an interesting email this week and that email was about the steam deck that's right my steam deck reservation came due Ooh. So, so uh, I posted a, a wonderful uh, tweet on the internet. Um, uh, I saw it. I was there. Saying, emergency, emergency, what should I do? Steam Deck purchase available. Um, and I tweeted our friends at Butt, ma- uh, uh, butt Mashing. I tweeted you, tweeted Hitbox, and Phil Spencer. Still waiting for Phil Spencer's advice on this. I figured he'd guide me in the he's right way. He's a busy way. guy. Yeah. And he's thinking about it. He's really, like, pondering it, making, you know, pro-con lists. Yeah, like, the whole yeah, thing. yeah. So he'll get back to me. But the, the reservation, I basically had, like, two days to make my decision um, whether or not uh, to, to buy it. So I'm sitting there and I put the the thing into my uh, the cart of it and I'm looking at it. Once they get all the taxes in, it was six hundred and ninety five dollars. Okay. And Peter, I looked at myself mm-hmm. deep into my eyes, deep into your own eyes, deep in the mirror, into my own eyes, and I said, "Should I buy this? Should I do this?" And let me tell you, Peter, I did not. <laughs> You didn't did, do it. I didn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I like I was so close to doing it, but like I was thinking about specifically the next couple of months. Yeah. Specifically things that are coming out in the next couple of months. I'm going to be playing Persona 5 on my Switch. I'm yes. going to be playing Pokémon's on my Switch. So my yes. portable my portable time is going to be covered with those games which you could probably invest 200 hours in, right? Easily. Easily. And then thinking about what's starting to happen in Next year, with all the games that are going to be coming out February, like January on, like it's going to be crazy games, new games all the time that are coming out. And then I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be playing this right now. So I don't want this thing to be like 
just a $700 computer just hanging around that I'm not going to be using frequently. Um, and if I should get to a chance where it's later on next year and I do have the time specifically during summer to like invest in it and play with it, maybe I can do that. But from what I'm reading, like to get another like terabyte uh, micro SD card, that's another $120 buying games. Yeah. Cause I really don't have modern games on my PC that I can play. That would be, you know, another, I was thinking I could play Elden ring on this thing, but then I have to buy it again. That's another $60. Right. Doing yeah. For sale and stuff. So it just became one of those things. I had to really look at myself and as much as I love the handheld systems and I know for a fact, I would use this, I just, I, it's just, that's a lot of money for this. Um, so I did not complete my purchase. I am sorry to say. I totally get it, dude. I mean, like, it's the sort of thing where, like, I think about my life, and it's like, when would I use this? I yeah. don't, like, I leave my house, but, like, when I leave my house, it's purposeful. I'm not, like, commuting anywhere, right. like, where I have time where I'm sitting and waiting or anything like that. Um, yeah, like, I just don't know when I would be even touching this. Or, like, you know, at home, yeah, it would be cool to be able to play PC games, like, on my on my couch, but, like, I'm like a, a two second walk away right. from my computer. Right. You know? And I was only so. thinking like, you know, maybe if I'm sitting on, you know, the couch uh, next to Claire and we're having like, you know, TV time or whatever together, I could put it up if we're like watching chopped or something, but I'm like, wait a second. That's not like, why would I, be, I'm, what would I be playing on there that I couldn't play somewhere else? Or like, like, and it's also like you're watching chopped, like you're glued to the yeah, screen. Like, I got to find on it, out. Hanging on every I, I got to be able to tell uh, Claire what is happening on it when she looks at it from TikTok, because we both do that yes. thing when she has like her phone, she goes through TikTok and I'll like have my switch in front of me. So we're really not watching it, but like whatever. But so, yeah, yeah something going it's, on it, together. It's yeah. more of a lifestyle thing. I think that um, I just don't need it now. And if I was a PC gamer, maybe I'd be more likely to do it because I would have a lot of games on PC already. But I'm, I'm not a PC gamer and having this computer for what almost two years now uh i have not adapted myself into a pc gamer so just an expense i just could not be honest with and, and purchase right now so i'm sorry if anyone's disappointed it, if phil spencer tells me i should do it uh then uh, maybe i'll regret my decision forever but as of now i'm still um a switch and console and maybe sometimes a pc game here and there gamer not a scene decker i i really get it I can't say that I would have done anything different. Well, plus this week I've literally like out of all the weeks, a week that it, that I've only had an hour and a half to play a video game this week. I don't know. Right, like, yeah. That's like out of all the weeks for this to come due. It's like when I'm not even thinking about video games. 100%. It's just also one of those things where like, what can I play here that I won't be able to play anywhere else? Yeah, like yeah. Vampire Survivors and that's on PC, but like. That Vampire Survivors is the killer Steam Deck, Steam Deck app. Yeah, that's what uh, they, they keep telling me. They PSA keep telling to me. all you who have a Steam Deck. Vampire Survivors. Pick it up. It's like $2. It's fucking awesome. Uh, Justin, I also, I got the platinum for Last of Us Part 1. Just had to go back, go listen to two more, two of Ellie's jokes once again. Uh, I, I listened to the Maws. I was playing through as I talked about last week. Popped up the second joke, and I was happy because it meant I didn't have to replay another two-hour-long section. Um, so I got that, and then I, uh, I booted up Last of Us Part 2. And... And I'm midway through day one, Seattle, as Ellie. And? And this game is as good as it ever has been. Damn. Damn. Having Go played Last of Us Part 1, have your thoughts on it kind of changed at all? Do you, is it, like, significantly better still? Is it less better? Like, well, like kind of, like, what is your, like, journey now going from Part 1 to Part 2? Um, It's one of those things where, like, I think Part 1 is, uh, Part 2 is better, in my opinion. Um... 
I think part one is like a 10 out of 10. I think part two is also a 10 out of 10. So like, just like, let that be what it is. <laughs> it's like a um, lesser 10 out of 10. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it's like, I, I just prefer the emotional beats of part two to part one. I don't dislike part one. I think it's still awesome, but I think like, uh, not that I think Ellie's story is relatable in its like literal sense, but like, I mean, we've, uh, I, I've said everything I have to ever say about this game over the past two years, but like, I'll say it again. I think that there's something so profoundly tragic about the way that Ellie was raised by Joel, where um, she doesn't know how to express that something's wrong because Joel was not a person who ever talked about anything that was wrong, never talked about emotions. I mean, like he did a little bit towards the end, but like, as you see, even towards the end of that game, um, there's like a little optional conversation where you can have about, there's like a really small grave that you find on the side of the road. And um, you can, you can talk to Ellie about it. And Ellie's like, Oh, that's really sad. And Joel basically says like, that's too small a grave, basically implying like, this is a child that died. And she says like, Oh shit. Like I meant to leave that toy robot that I picked up for Sam, the, kid that gets bit and uh, has the brother that you guys find that they both die. She's like, I meant to leave that at his grave. And um, Joel is basically like, we're not talking about this. And she's like, I want to talk about it. Like I have feelings about it. And he's like, we're not talking about it. And so it's just one of those things. That's just like a small little moment from part one that you see this. That's a seed, right? And that is fully bloomed in part two. Um, There are all sorts of little details that are like planted in part one that have bloomed fully in part two. And it's just so tragic because you see the way that this man treated this girl unknowingly, maybe right. He didn't know that this would make her be like a reserved person who like, just like bottled everything deep inside and wouldn't really like express it to other people. Like it's just, it's so tragic and it's so good. And that scene where, uh, it all goes down the inciting incident. Let's say um, it, I've seen it maybe 10 times, not through playing, but like I've watched the scene a few times on YouTube and stuff. And like, it never gets any easier. And every single time I get done watching it or like in this time, you know, experiencing it, like I've got like, like a stomach cramp and like, there's like something wrong. Like I feel all like <laughs> upset and everything in a way that I think is just like, unlike really a whole lot of other stuff that I've experienced. So it's a very powerful I, moving piece. I think what you opinion. said was, was I think like, how are they both tens? If, the, if, if, if part two is such like a better game, I think it makes sense to me because I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong. Cause you played this more recently than I did. Last of us. Part one is a very like clear story. It is like, very cut and dry. It's very easy to understand. It's very easy to like, you get every single piece of it through watching it and playing it. Yeah. Like really no ambiguity. The last of us part two is like the layer, the deep layers of things. The story itself yes. is, I guess kind of basic, but really not, but it's like all the complex messy. parts of it. It's messy. It's yeah. like, it's like that one uh, thing us English teachers like to talk about that, like iceberg image. Yeah, you know, yeah, like it's like what you have on the surface versus like there's more below the surface of the water. And like The Last of Us Part One is that top part. It's, it's there. You see what it is. You know what it is. It's good. It's what I guess an iceberg is not good, but like it's there. And then below yeah. it is what The Last of Us Part Two is. It's all of that other stuff. It's finishing that story. It's all the complex emotions that that first part kind of created. And that's why I think it's cool that they named it Part One and Part Two, because it's like the same story or the same parts of the story. It's just dealing with all of the other layers of it in such a cool way. Part one is the foundation of the, of part two. And I think part two is just so like, 
Oh, it's so good. It's so it's so sad. I like I, I interrupted myself earlier, I think. And like Ellie's story, I don't think like literally is relatable at all. No one's ever killed my pseudo dad, you know, um, and if they did, I don't think I would do what Ellie does. <laughs> um, but like, I think the emotions of like, like this horrible thing happened and I don't know how to talk about it. And like, I, I like, I just don't know how to express myself and, and make myself feel better and, and be able to like work through these feelings. Like I've been there, man. I feel like that's a very relatable thing, right? Like I've been where Ellie's been where I'm like, where you're, you're destructive. Right. And, and you're sitting there and you're like, Ellie, come back, please like come back from this. And she just can't, she just can't let it go. Cause she doesn't know what else to do. Cause she's like, I, this is all like, I, like, I don't know how to make myself feel better. So I guess I'll just do the thing that like, make sense to do and she's like trying to psych herself up into being this monster and she's not until she is and so like it really like comes around and like damn damn it's so good and the visuals of part one just perfectly in line transition with part into part two you'd think you're playing the same game yeah, yeah. It, it's it's really that good so there you go that's my review <laughs> <laughs> pretty you good know, we, should, we should make a podcast to just talk about it you know and that's the thing man like i look back at this and like i'm playing it for like for the first time since playing it back way back when uh and it's just like i remember so much about it and i remember just like playing through this and like thinking all like having so much to say and being like i just have i want to talk about this with someone and then you texted me i was in the badlands um in south dakota and you were like, hey, so when are we doing a podcast? And I was like, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> and then uh, 111 weeks later. 111 weeks later, here we are. And here we are, dear listener, at the close of this episode. Uh, this has been Hitbox episode number 111. But you knew that because we just said it. Um, go ahead. I, we said it at the beginning, but like, go ahead and like follow us on Twitter at HitboxPod. Hop on over to patreon.com slash hitbox pod and like you will find two different subscription tiers of how you can support us. One dollar a month. That'd be awesome. You'd be a podcast producer. We'd read your, we'd read your name on the show. Uh, and then three dollars a month. That's the deluxe podcast producers. That's every single week, an additional 30 minute episode. And we're going to read your name on the show. And your name goes on the show notes. That's Dave Parker. That's Jay Knoll. You know. That could be you is what I'm trying to say. If you're not interested in that, though, hey, no worries. Just go ahead and rate us on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever uh, podcast player you prefer. Uh, and then go ahead and hop in our Discord channel. I'm trying to start doing more of these, um, these, uh, how do you say, seven words reviews. I just, like, I got to finish something. I got to finish Monkey Island. I'm going to finish Last of Us Part 2. Two more reviews right there. Uh, I didn't have anything for Splatoon because like I didn't play it long enough to feel like it really had a good feeling of it. I'll probably jump back to it at some point, but um, at this point, I feel like I'm a little behind the curve in terms of learning the systems and whatnot for like playing against other people. But um, you can join us there is what I'm trying to say, uh, and that costs zero money. Uh, Justin, do you have anything else to add here before we record our Patreon exclusive bonus episode? Uh, I was thinking my seven review for Monkey Island. I'm Guybrush Threepwood, mighty pirate drink grog i love that and i like that you just <laughs> wow i've not seen someone do a full dab in uh 
Actually, I've been doing the water bottle flip. My roommate okay. doesn't like it. Yeah. It uh, really makes him angry, so I do that all the time. And you dab after it. And, and I dab after every single time, yeah. whether yeah. I get it or not. Yeah, whether you should like, literally just go in his room right now and just do a water bottle flip and just dab. Yeah, he's not home. He's seeing Avatar with his, with his family. <sighs> get ready and for now you're gonna ask home. you're going to ask what everyone else asks when I've talked about this. And they're like, the new one's out? I'm like, no, they're re-showing the old one yeah. before the new one comes yeah. out. Can I say, I'm excited for it. I liked the first Avatar. Yeah, I, I feel I, like I don't know culturally everyone's been, everyone's been against it for no reason. I'm like, it's good. It's fun. Well, because first it took, the, it took the crown away from Titanic and people love that shit. And then it took the... Uh, it's my man, Jim Cameron. Same guy. But Titanic, I mean, Leo. It's true. It's true. Put Leo in Avatar 2. What if? What if? And he's not like a big ship. <laughs> I, I would love that. If he's like a good... Yeah, whatever. Uh, you have anything to add here? No, I'm, I'm good. I'm, 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 I'm excited for Frontiers of Pandora. Too bad it's not on uh, coming out this year because uh, my fantasy critic needs it. Yep. I tried to drop some stuff, um, namely Metroid Prime 4 uh, and some other stuff. And like fantasy critic was like yeah you can only drop games that uh have confirmed to be delayed at this point and i was like we know that it's not coming out oh wait <laughs> let you, me have this wait, didn't you have because you dropped a lot right i did yeah okay. i had a bad team at first and then i was like i gotta restructure my, my guys but um hey thanks so much for listening we will catch you next week always remember old games are old bye bye I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>